My name is Mark, uh, if you don't know who I am, and we do have many people that join us each week, and I have the privilege of serving here as the senior pastor. And you know, I'd say that every week, and I don't say it lightly, and it really genuinely is a privilege and an honour um, to represent God to you and represent you to God. Um, and uh, it really is the privilege of, of my life and Steph's life for us to be able to serve uh, the Lord ourselves out for him and for you in that capacity. Uh, it really is just so wonderful. So what have we got this morning? Well, we've just uh, finished off uh, just an amazing Holy Spirit series. I want to say thank you to all the guys for, for the teaching, uh, Richard and Jenna. And last week, um, wow, what a great week. If you missed it, you can catch up online. But uh, seeing the wonderful Ian Harvey from France, live from France, and Megan live from Ireland, and of course, we had Mel and AJ and Jenna with Richard here in the building. And just, I just loved seeing just a bunch of people that clearly love each other and are friends with each other talking about the Holy Spirit and their personal experiences. So real, so authentic, and so relatable as well, some of those stories. And uh, I know that many catch up during the week. If you've yet to watch that, can I encourage you to do so? You can do so on our YouTube channel where indeed you'll find all of the services um, and just dig in, dive into that, such amazing content and some really great questions that uh, they answered as well about how we move in the Holy Spirit. Um, and I think it's a real word in season for us. I think it's the Lord is prodding us to remind us that he has sent his Holy Spirit to be poured out upon us, as Richard said a, a few weeks ago, to make the reality of the love of the Father real to us and the reality of the life of Jesus real to us. What a, what a wonderful way of, if you like, summing that up. So, uh, yeah, encourage you just to get into that. So what does this morning look like? Well, I was actually scheduled to start a, a new series um, called Shift, and that's about reflecting on what has shifted in all of our lives over the past, what, almost 18 months, and what has shifted as a church and how do we respond as a church? And it's really around a message about how do we move forward? You know, how do we move forward? And as I said, I had planned to start it this week. And uh, I had actually sat down uh, with the Lord on Wednesday um, to write it. And uh, nothing was coming, really. Um, but all I had going on in my mind was this beautiful song that we sang earlier, You Are My Everything. Give me Jesus, you are everything. And that's written by Violet, one of the members of our worship team. What just a beautiful song. And indeed we, as I've said to you many times before, as a, as a staff team, we meet daily in the morning for prayers. But each Tuesday, we also meet as a, as a larger staff meeting to talk about the operational aspects of church, but also to worship together and to pray together. And uh, we had worship via Zoom <laughs> And we played that song that Sam led us last week. And um, just that song was just hit me so deep. And I felt the Lord say to me on Wednesday as I was preparing, Mark, move, shift out that shift series. <laughs> and I want you to ask the people this Sunday this question. Is Jesus your everything? Is Jesus your everything? I was reminded of a time, maybe almost, I want to say it was almost 30 years ago, I was on a ministry trip, and we had a time together as a team to worship and to pray together. 
And we were singing a song, and if I recall it, it was based on that wonderful psalm, As the Deer Pants for the Water, water Brooks. I think it was, As the deer pants for the water, so my soul it longs for you. You know that song. It's an old one. It's beautiful. Oh, well, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. Um, so that song was sung, and I remember the leader of the ministry trip got up afterwards and said, you know what? I want to tell you something. He said, Christians don't speak lies. They sing lies. Like, what? Whoa, steady. Hold on a minute. Apostasy alert. <laughs> this guy's fallen quickly. But the point he was trying to make is this. Oftentimes we sing something about God and we don't really mean it. Oof. So let me ask you that question again. Having sang that song earlier, is Jesus your everything? Is Jesus your everything? You see, that is both a question, it is a challenge, but it is also an invitation for more. <laughs> oh. And that, that question and that invitation has just been bringing to me to my knees this whole week. And, and I was reminded of um, the book of Lamentations. Some credit it with being written by Jeremiah the prophet. But I was reminded of Lamentations 3, and you can turn with, with, uh, with me if you have your Bibles in the room or indeed at home. It'll be on the screen as well. And it's verse 24 says this. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. The soul who seeks him. The Lord is my portion. You know, I, I, sometimes when I pick up the kids from school or I see them at the end of the day and uh, I said, how was, I always like, I don't know why, I like hearing what they had for lunch. They have such amazing things at school dinners these days, not like when we were growing up. I said, like, what did you have for lunch? Oh, we had this, that, and the other, Dad. Oh, that's great. And my little boy Daniel would say, but the portion sizes are not enough. I had to get two, two helpings. And then when I cook for them sometimes, Steph is, is the main uh, chef. I use the word chef intentionally because she, she cooks beautifully, but... She's the main chef in the family, but I cook <laughs> now at a game for the kids, and I never get the portion sizes right. I always give them too much. Daddy, your portion sizes are too much. You see, the writer here is saying this, the Lord is my portion. The Lord fills me up. He is everything for me. He is my everything. And you know, it says the Lord. Now, whenever the Lord is capitalized, it means it's the personal name of God, Yahweh. He's not just saying the God of the universe. He's saying Yahweh. When God revealed his personal name to Moses, he said, Yahweh is my portion, says my soul. And therefore, I will put my hope in him. Now you might say, well, I bet the writer of Lamentations was having a great life. No wonder he probably said the Lord is my portion. Hey, when the going gets good, I say the Lord is my portion. Well, of course, the, 
that's not accurate, and, and the, the clue is in the name of the book, Lamentations from a Lament. You see, the book is around lamenting the fact that they are, are in a time of trial. Israel has been in a time of trial, the wrath of God, judgment upon them for, for breaking that covenant relationship with him. And you see, it's in the midst of trial and difficulty that the writer realizes that his only portion, the only thing that the writer can rely on is Yahweh himself. And I ask you that question, is, is Jesus your everything? You know, we've all had these conversations, haven't we, about this last 18 months. What's it been like for you? What's it been like for you? It's been tough. We have lamented together, have we not? We have experienced trials and troubles. For some of us, we've experienced sickness, maybe even, even death of family members. We've experienced the restriction of living life the way we were used to. We've experienced so much trial and trouble. And you know what? Can I just say this with love? What was God teaching us in that and what is he teaching us in this? God works all things for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. And as I look back at this year, I can see the mercy of God that has enabled me to get to a point where the reality of this world has been laid bare. That in fact, the world can never be my full portion. That in fact, I cannot rely on the things of this world to give me the security that I need. That I cannot rely on the freedoms that we take for granted from the world's structures and systems that I cannot rely on the world's entertainment to give me that joy unspeakable, that I cannot rely on the world to give me a peace which is unshakable. And you see, this is what is happening here, is the writer, you see, laments for so long, and then he gets to a point where he says this. In verse 22, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases his mercies never come to an end. They are renew every morning. Great is your faithfulness. For Yahweh is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. And I want to, and I feel the unction of the Spirit on, on me this morning just to challenge us, us all to say, is Jesus your everything? Can you join with the writer of Lamentations and say, you know what, the Lord is my portion? Because I believe that that is the invitation for each one of us this morning, that there is more, the more of God available to us. If we cry out to him and say, Lord, you are my everything. As you can probably see, I don't have any notes this morning, so uh, I'm kind of just going as I go. And I, and I felt I wanted to just read some scripture. Um, apologies if you came to be entertained. Um, the clue is in the, in the title, I'm a pastor. <laughs> I pastor you. Sure, I, hopefully you'll enjoy some of my bad jokes, but uh, I'm here to guide you and to lead you and to encourage you, to admonish you, to exhort you, to protect you. And that's my role as your pastor. And there are seasons as a pastor where we challenge we challenge and we say, listen, wake up because God has more for you. Don't lose this moment by 
where God's mercy has revealed that you cannot rely on this world because God, by his love and his mercy, is going to reveal the fact that you can rely fully on him, that he can be your portion, irrespective of what you go through. And I want to read Psalm 84. I'm just going to read some scripture, and I'm going to, as I read it, I trust the Holy Spirit is going to do a deep work in your hearts. I felt the Lord say to me, Mark, I want you to read my scripture because I'm going to create a new hunger and a thirst in my people. These words, these, this psalm that I'm going to read to you is anointed by God in this moment to stir up your soul for him because that which you thirst for, you will be satisfied by. That which you hunger for, you will be satisfied by. I've said this before. You don't look at petrol and think, well, I'm really thirsty for petrol. No, <laughs> we have not been designed to drink petrol. Therefore, we do not thirst after it, right? We do not look at this piece of steel and think, oh, I'm really hungry for that. Mm, yummy, yummy, yummy. Uh. No, we've been designed to hunger, not after bread alone, but the very word of God. Why? Because that's what we've been created for. Okay, so you're hearing me. The the thirst and the hunger that we experience for him that he wishes to place in us is evidence of the fact that he will satisfy us. He is your full portion. But what God is wanting to do this morning is get you hungry. Are you ready to be hungry for God? You can say amen. It's fine. Are you ready to be thirsty for him? Because God has more. Listen, let's not limit God and think, well, God has given me this, that, and the other, so he's not going to give me any more. No. He is our loving Heavenly Father. I'm going to read Psalm 84. Let me pray first. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are here, that you are stirring your church, that you are inviting your people to experience the more of God, the more of Yahweh. Lord God, I pray that you would just come and stir our hearts, whether we are at home or whether we are in the building here, Lord Jesus. Lord, would you come and stir us? And would we be able to say, Jesus, you are really my everything. Come, Holy Spirit. Let me read this. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Yahweh of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. At your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose hearts are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, the, the dry valley that means, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. 
for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tent of wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Lord, you are my everything. How is it that the sparrows can even find a place? And yet how much more important are we than they? That you promised to feed them and to clothe the lilies of the field. And yet how much more important are we than they, O Lord? You see, this is an invitation for more. If you're tired, if you're pressed in from all sides, then you can come to a loving Heavenly Father and say, Lord, you are my full portion. You can sing, give me Jesus, for you are my everything. For there is blessing in that place. There is healing in that place. There is peace in that place. There is joy in that place. And so what does it look like? You know, I was reminded of the story of Mary and Martha. Jesus had just brought that brother Lazarus back to de- death, uh, back from the dead. Do you remember that story? Come out, Lazarus. And, you know, he said to Mary and Martha, roll out the, the stone. And Martha's like, uh, you know, it's been four days. It's going to be pretty stinky. Ever the practical Martha. I love Martha. But they rolled over the stone and Jesus says, come out, Lazarus. And there was jubilation and joy and everyone's like, oh my word, what just happened there? And some of the, the Jews that had come with Mary and Martha to, to see this, some of them went back to the high priest and said, whoa, you've got to see what's going on. And it was from that moment that they decided to build, to have a plot to kill Jesus. And it was from that moment that Jesus retreated away. It says, actually, you can find this account in John 11. And so it brings us to chapter 12. And this is what I want to look at for the remainder of our time together. Because what I believe is this is a beautiful picture of what it means for us to say, Jesus, you are my everything. It is a beautiful picture for us in how we respond to that invitation to experience the more of God. And so let us read this together. John chapter 12, I'm going to read it from verses 1 to 8. Again, it'll be on the screen, or if you're at home, it'll be on the, on the screen at home. Let's read this. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Isn't that beautiful? Speaks of, of love of, of one another, reclining at the table. I love that. Mary, therefore, listen to this, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard. That comes from the spikenard root. It was hugely expensive. 
and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he was about to betray him, said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. This is just such a beautiful story. And we need to understand what's going on here, you see. A pound of nard. I mean, Judah said, listen, you could have sold that for 300 denarii. You know, this is not like my aftershave that I wear that costs me, I don't know, 20 quid or whatever it is these days. 300 denarii. Well, how much is that worth today? I'm glad you asked. Good question. Well, a day's wage back then was one denarii. 300 days wages. What's that? It's almost a year. Almost a year's worth of salary. Now, what's the... Um, What's the minimum wage? Let's just work out some of this, you know, today money. What, it's about eight or nine pounds, I think? 72 hours a week, 72 pounds a day. If you extrapolate that, that's about 20,000 pounds worth in one pound of perfume. Just wasted on Jesus' feet. What are you doing? You've given everything that, like, that's a waste. You should have sold it and been practical and used the money. But what was this? This was an act of devotion. And we hear that the perfume would be smelt in the whole home. That fragrance of worship that our Heavenly Father and Jesus still smells as we worship Him. A fragrance in heaven of our worship, of our devotion to him. And you see, the challenge of this is this. Are you willing to pour all of yourself out for him? You see, if our cry is, Jesus, you are my everything, the challenge is, is will you give him everything of yourselves? Are you willing to take that most expensive thing in your life and seemingly waste it on Jesus. And you know, oftentimes when I have conversations with people and they talk, we talk about um, you know, counting the cost for Jesus, there is sometimes a sense of, well, God owes me. Never said plainly, but it's implied sometimes. Wow, look at this big thing I'm doing for Jesus. I took a, a pay cut in my salary. Or I'm doing this for you, Lord, just so you remember. Can I just say this? We can never outgive God. You see, Mary saw this and knew this. She poured out what likely could have been everything she had. But let me tell you this. Jesus poured out everything he has for us. Let's look at this. The heavenly father poured out his only begotten son for us. Have any of us ever done that? 
Why did he do that? In order that Jesus would take our place on the cross and pay the penalty of sin that was due us. We could never do that for ourselves. No one is perfect enough except for one man, Jesus. And he took our place and he bore the sin of the world on his shoulders in order that we could have relationship with our heavenly father. What about Jesus? He poured out his very blood, didn't he, for us? He poured out his blood as a fragrant offering so that we might have relationship with a father that loves us. Have we ever outgiven God? When God himself sacrificed himself for us. And you know what? This is interesting, isn't it? Because Mary went down to Jesus' feet and washed his feet with perfume. What did Jesus do? Not many days later at the Last Supper at Passover, he washed his disciples' feet with water. Isn't that beautiful? Why? A prophetic act of the cleansing upon us that comes from Jesus as we accept him as our saviour. You see, there is that divine exchange. He takes the sin, our sin, on him and bears the penalty that was due us. But then he gives us his righteousness and cleanses us. That's what that picture is of, is Jesus who washes our feet. Have we ever outgiven God when Jesus himself has shed his blood for us? So the heavenly father poured out his only son, Jesus, as he was sent by the Father, poured out his blood and then the Holy Spirit was poured out upon us as that fragrant oil to empower us to walk in all that he has for us and to experience the new life that God has for us through Jesus the Son. That is what it means to say, you are my everything. You know, the psalmist said, Lord, you are better than life. You hear in that. You see, the challenge we have in our world is the enemy will do everything he can to put your other stuff there and Jesus there. And say, you know what, God? You are my everything plus this, that, and so. And so I want to ask you a question this morning. What is your perfume that you have that is waiting to be poured out upon Jesus? Is it your time? Are you singing, you are my everything, and yet you give him your last dregs of time at the end of the day when, quite frankly, you're tired and you give him a few minutes? Or are you willing to take what is expensive to you, that precious time that you have in the day, and pour it out for Jesus in devotion? You can never outgive God because it's in that place that you meet with him and you can say, as the writer of Lamentations said, You are my portion. Maybe for you it's money. Maybe you stopped tithing over this period of time. I'm on the building and I don't feel like I'm part of church because I watch online. So I'd say, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is about devotion to me. This is about your worship to me. Maybe you stopped giving to others because you just thought, well, no one's been generous to me. You can never outgive God. He will always repay that. You know, Jesus said in, in Matthew uh, 6, 
Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where rust and moth destroy, but store up treasures for yourself in heaven. For where your heart is, there is your treasure also. What does that imply? It implies that there are treasures that we can build up in heaven. There are rewards. So rather than spend it all now, what about sending it ahead of you? as we become generous to one another, to each other. Maybe you've, out of fear, of lack, you've you've got your, your metaphorical jar of perfume and said, but Lord, I can't give this away because I never know when I might need it. And God is saying, just trust me in this. Pour it out in devotion and worship to me. For if you have given someone a glass of water, you have given it to Jesus, as it says in the Scriptures. Maybe it's your energy is your perfume. Maybe that means serving. We talked about that earlier. Maybe it just means spending time with people that need to be invested in with encouragement and support and prayer. The question is this. If you sing, Jesus, you are my everything, what are you pouring out for him in worship to him? Are we in danger of leaving the metaphorical 20,000 pound pound of perfume and taking the 20p jar of something else and saying, you can have this, Jesus? You know, I really feel like this is a word in season for us, guys. This is why the Lord impressed upon my heart to pause and shift out that next series just to spend time on this word because I'm telling you right now God is is looking to bless us with way more but he's saying are you willing to pour it out for me listen you can never do anything to earn his love you cannot work for your salvation but we do need to recognize that we are a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God that is our act of worship Romans 12 We have to recognize that it's not that Jesus just picked up his cross, but Jesus says to each one of us, pick up your cross daily. Because you have to count the cost. If you want to be my disciple, then you have to count the cost. What are you willing to pour out for me? What are you willing to pour out for me? I'd like to invite the band up, please. I want to go back to Lamentations 3, 24. Let me read this again. And I want you to turn this into your prayer as I read this. If that is you, if you're resonating with this word, you say, oh, Lord God, you know what? Thank you that you have been merciful to me and revealed to me that you alone are my portion. Forgive me, Lord, where I have filled myself up on the world when what I've discovered this past 18 months is it will never satisfy and I can never rely on it, God. If that is the place that you are at, then pray this as a prayer. Lord, you are my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in you, God. Lord, you are good to me as I wait for you, for my soul seeks you, God. I fear that as things open up, and you know what? I'm so grateful to God that we can get back to certain things that we've missed. But can I be completely honest with you? 
I fear that we get back into the get back in of the old stuff. When this has been a season where God has reminded us that we cannot trust in this world and that he is our full portion. Let's not miss out on this. Jesus, we're so thirsty for you and so hungry for you. As the deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you, O God. Lord, I pray for us all that you would just stir in us a new hunger and a new thirst to be in your presence. That we would be able to join the writer of Lamentations as we've looked and say, you are my full portion. Lord, would you forgive us where we have filled ourselves up on fast food junk, filled ourselves up with sweet and fizzy pop of this world. When you promise living fresh waters. Holy Spirit, would you come now? Let's just wait on the Lord for a moment. Come Holy Spirit.